Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s look and try to find love. I'm Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. I'm the one that's trying to find love, and Kyle's the one that's just looking. (laughs) (laughs) I have uh, 63 views on this TikTok I just posted a few minutes ago, so I'm doing real good. (laughs) Because fake internet points is so much better than an actual real relationship, Jen. Uh, I guess agree to disagree. I don't want to fight about it. Okay, let's let's get at it because I don't want to be long in the tooth tonight. Sure. It's Friday night. We're here. Let's get right to the scorecard because if you've been following Kyle's relationship scorecard, he's on fire. Mm-hmm. Go well, ahead. Yeah, Jen, I mean, you say I'm on fire. I certainly wanted to set myself on fire this week. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> self-immolate, I believe is what you call that. You berated me last week in our fight club episode you yelled at me and forced me to that's right. be the person to text uh the, the hookup that i had like yeah they haven't contacted you but you should contact them and so i did during the mm-hmm. airing of that episode i took up my phone sent a sweet message and they didn't respond back so that is where my relationship scorecard is. Yeah, I think that's a dramatic retelling. For those of you that missed the episode because maybe you're on a conflict sabbatical, I'll offer mm-hmm. this this reenactment for you. Hey Kyle, what's going on? Well, I had sex with this guy and he didn't call me. Hmm, have you called him? Nope. <laughs> uh, why don't you reach out then? Kyle clutching his pearls. Um, okay, fine. So that's really the, that's the, really the reenactment of what yeah. happened there. Berated me. Sabotage! <laughs> How are you, Jen? How's Jesus? Well, <laughs> pause for sound effect. Well, as you know from last week, I'm suffering from a uh, severe reoccurring case of personal humiliation mm-hmm. about not being in the same place. So Jesus is on ice. I've got him cooling. That's where I'm at today. I just, I'm trying to... I would pay money to go and watch that (laughs) that show, though. Jesus on Ice. Jesus on Ice. I saw it. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, Yeah, so I, you know, I'm trying to avoid what I always do, which is I want to retreat. Like, I want to retreat to the point where I just want to, like, um... Like, when I'm embarrassed... I, you talk about wanting to light yourself on fire. I like when I'm embarrassed, I'm like, I would like to move and change my name and join a band and join a commune and never be found again. I want to be off the grid. I want to be the first five minutes of every Jason Bourne movie you've ever seen. (laughs) So I'm trying not to do that. Instead, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put Jesus on ice and just buy time because I want to, you know, we talked last week about fight, flight, or freeze. I am flight on these issues. You can't blame me. We all are. So I've been just trying to like take a minute and like think about like the ballad of Jesus a little bit. And I think that that's what, that's what gets us into, into this week's episode or tonight's episode, which is that I think one of the things that makes Jesus crazy about me, not crazy for me, clearly we've established he is not, but crazy about me is my boringness. I've been mm. really thinking about this. I think because we talked about fighting last week and and I, there were so, so many things that you said last week when I was listening back to the episode that I just thought, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I kept like I had Jesus on my mind. Of course, Jesus not being Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ being the man I'm going on dates with that looks strikingly like the Caucasian version depiction of Jesus Christ. You know that cringe face you make before you think something is going to blow up? Or you drop something like, you know, when someone like in a movie will throw a grenade and then they get down on the ground and they're like, right. 
with their hands on their ears. I feel like Jesus does this constantly. Like he's just always like thinking that a grenade is going to go off. So he's like perpetually ducking. Like anytime something is said outside of like the normal discourse of our relationship. And I used to just think that maybe he was thinking like, oh, she's totally untenable. Like maybe this has to do with what the psychic said about like getting your Mm -hmm. anger in check. But then last week we talked about fighting and I couldn't figure out why the way Jesus fights with me is so dysfunctional. Like he has a penchant to get really anxious. He has a total tendency to shut down. Like avoidance is his thing. Mm -hmm. We had a question about that in the fishbowl. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out why. And it's only lately that he's really shared with me and opened up to me about how his fighting style has had to change. I want to do this with some dignity and some respect because it's important to me. Because Jesus has, you know, like a a young family and I I want to do this with dignity. But Mm -hmm. us dating in our late 30s, early 40s, me in my early, like late 30s, not 40. Want to be super clear about that. Kyle, also not 40. It's not unlikely that we're not going to, like, we're going to have baggage, right? So we're going to have baggage. So in the case of Jesus, he has a former partner, like he has an ex-wife. And I'm starting to understand that if you want to talk about Fight Club, you probably could write a PhD thesis on their dynamic. And I want to give, I want to give everyone a super fine reputation to live up to because one of my absolute fucking pet peeves is girlfriends that come into the picture and they want to vilify the former partner. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that because I think it's unnecessary. Their relationship is none of my business, but I am the direct beneficiary of what Jesus learned in that relationship that he's now bringing to this relationship with me. And one of the things that he's learned is that if we fight, one of us may die. It's, I think he he fights with me in a way that actually physically causes him trauma. He's so hardwired to believe that our fights have no purpose. Remember last week we talked about how fights have to have purpose. You have to be fighting for something. They have to be something that pushes the momentum forward. I think he's been so hardwired to believe that disagreements or forces of conflict set you back. They don't push you forward. So sometimes I feel like I'm hitting a hairpin trigger with Jesus all the time when I'm saying things like, you know, hey, that really that really hurts my feelings or that really bothers me or or I don't like that at all. Rather than being like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, my God. OK, here it goes. Here we go. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to sleep on the couch. I get it. I'm like, whoa, where are you going with this? Right. Like his his own trigger is is really and I really feel like I'm loving someone who perhaps and while I don't want to make a criticism of normal, really had a lot of abnormally long and hard disagreements and conflict. I And I asked him finally in, in the prep to this episode, because I want to be fair, I just asked the question, how much conflict defined your previous relationship? Because I'm struggling here. How much defined? And he just said, it's trauma for me. And for a man to use that kind of language, especially like a man's man, like Jesus, like for him to use that kind of language, mm-hmm. I I have really taken a step back and I've really tried to I've really tried to just be really gentle about now the way in which I bring I bring anything that is likely to see, to seem conflict because it is almost a, like an like a, is it apoplectic apoplectic what is the word I'm looking yeah. for you're 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 an you're an English major it's an apoplectic fear yeah. <laughs> it's a fear of of having to engage in conflict with someone because he sees it as just a totally destructive force and 
that sucks. I think that this is what my biggest roadblock for last week's episode was as well. I've also been thinking about last week's episode. And I think that because I was growing up, the way both of my parents, when they got angry or yeah, just angry, mad at us kids, it was really just like a top down, like yell at you. I would use the term like berate uh, you into submission until you went and did the thing or until you like uh, slunk off oh, somewhere else. Hard. And so I think that that is where I, my freeze comes in is that, oh, here it comes. I guess I'm just here waiting for you to yell at me and tell me I'm an awful person for the, like the next five minutes, even if that's not what is actually going on. And I think it's important. It's actually, I think, a really healthy thing, uh, at least for Jesus to start identifying possibly what his hair triggers are for having those peaks of trauma. Because if those happen with inside of an argument, you kind of have to verbalize it. Um, I've been reading up on this uh, recently. Everyone has it. Everyone has something that someone will say. And yeah, you'll go boom. Like that is, it's just a trigger for you. And you get so mad that you even you just stop listening to what the other person is even trying to say to you. And what you need to do in those moments, if you want to have effective arguments and effective communication, is you have to say, actually, give me five minutes. Because what you just said there, like, really set me off. And I want to actually have this yeah. conversation when I'm calm. <laughs> Separate. Come back. Okay, I'm ready to do this. I got triggered because of this thing. Let's go and continue moving on. Otherwise, you're yeah, just going to be yelling into the wind. Yeah, I remember when I was when I was married to John and we would have a word and it was potato and you would just say potato and the other person would just stop and it would just give you enough time to just say like, oh, this is reaching a state of carnage. This is reaching a state of carnage and this is like behavior unbecoming. Right. Do you now when you go to like a steak place now and they say, how would you like your potato? Do you go like, ah, like you just have like a flashback no but the reason why we use the word potato is because we always used to think if we continue like this we're going to be in a vegetative state <laughs> <laughs> like that was the origin state uh the origin story of that uh, of that statement but you know to kind of put a point on 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 today's episode because i think people are like oh come on get into it you two i think we had a lot of feedback from our last episode where people talked about you know fights that occur but you don't know mm -hmm. why right? Like fights that right. are occurring, but you can't get to the root of it or you can't get to the cause of it or people. And I'll pick a little bit on women here who do that whole, like, I'm fine. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like if you don't know the origin, like, I think there's a, like, you know how me, I will say like, there's, you should go to jail. I, I'm, I'm such a complex human being. I keep, I keep finding out because I've admitted to the fact that I'm someone who turtles up when there's like great things, but when there's like a conflict that comes towards me. And yet that is the thing that bugs me the most is when I can tell oh, something God. has been bothering someone. It's like, just tell me what's going on. We can address it if you just oh, tell me what's going on. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like if I can tell and I am, I'm, I, I think you and I are the same that we're so intuitive. We can feel it right away. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like we can just be like, maybe it's just me. We're like, nope, there's definitely something there. So we talked, we, we got some feedback around people who are like, yeah, I'm in a relationship yeah. where we like fight, we fight, but I don't know why we're fighting, but we can't have the fight because people aren't being fully transparent about what we're fighting for. We heard from people who are like, listen, I'm in a relationship or I know people in a relationship who fight for sport. It's like something to do. It's like they didn't learn how to play backgammon. So this is where we're at. But we also had a cross section of people that were like, listen, I am in a, I am in a situation where the fight is occurring because the person simply makes a conscious choice to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we talk about the drama queen this week. And I want to be super clear as a woman with a podcast that even though we use the term drama queen, 
you best know we all know some drama kings out there as well. So this is by no means a podcast where we're like, let's get after women for being the tropes that we build them to be. We know that this behavior can be on both sides, but let's just be honest. We need the hits. So drama queen is something that people actually Google. Let's just get real. Let's just get brass taxi on it. As we have come to learn, nothing turned us on more than SEO. Oh, Jesus. So we asked this poll question Mm -hmm. and this is the... This is the phrasing of it. You got crazy in your life? Question mark. Tell us about it. And you delivered. Kyle, what did we hear? Yeah, the floodgates open up. Here is the first one. Uh, It says crazy girlfriend came home from work one day and she insisted on drop your pants at the door oral. Her head bobs twice and she claims I smell like pussy. Wow. Okay. Please note, I had showered before leaving for work that morning and my penis had seen nothing more interesting than the inside of my slacks and the urinal all day. I don't sweat that much. She then bites me. Yes, there. And then I bodily pull her up and ask her, WTF is up. She immediately tries to put her nicely manicured thumbnails through my eyes. I hope you're not with this girlfriend anymore, just by how you're writing (laughs) this. And yet, I wouldn't be surprised. Here's another. This girl I dated would come over to my house at about 3 a.m. for Nookie. This went on for months, on and off, until I met a girl. This person is 50 years old, but okay. (laughs) I know. Until I met a girl I wanted to be exclusive with. So this girl shows up at my house at 3 a.m. on Saturday night, and I invite her in, and as sweetly as I could, I explain to her that we're going to have to stop this. She proceeds to completely freak out, screaming at my open door, and I quote, You deal drugs. You are a drug dealer. You shouldn't deal drugs. Then she begins to tear my apartment apart, screaming the whole time. This went on with me trying to just block her from ruining everything until she had the balls, interesting phraseology there, to grab one of the guitars like she was going to smash it on my table. I had to wrestle her to the ground. Yikes. Uh, Last one here. I broke up with this guy the day before my birthday, so he didn't take me out to dinner because I thought it would be kind of shitty of me to let him treat me to a nice meal when I fully intended on dumping him anyway. On my birthday, while I was out having dinner with my family instead, he called me and told me he was going to kill himself if I didn't take him back immediately. Because I'd seen this kind of manipulation before, I told him I'd send an ambulance to his place. Immediately he was fine. He spent the next few weeks texting and leaving voicemails. I never picked up the phone. About he was the best thing I'd ever had. He was the best thing I'd ever have. Other men would just rape me. What even that means. And I owned him an explanation for dumping him. He We'd been together two and a half months. <gasps> oh my god. That's such an overreaction. I'm sure buried the lead there at the end. Yikes. Wow. Ex- yikes. You know, some people... Um, I think we had two, yeah, we had two people who redirected us to this amazingly funny Reddit link. And the Reddit feed is, and we're going to post it in the show notes. There, It is a man putting up a job posting and it says, I need an unstable woman for a drama filled relationship. And it says, I'm looking for an attractive female who will... F- who will first give me obsessive love, praise, and devotion, but whose paranoia, self-loathing, and fear of rejection and abandonment will eventually lead her to alternatively push me away and pull me closer in a love-hate cycle that will lead to infidelity, consensual sexual violence, and the eventual emotional breakdown of one or the other party, and if we're lucky, us both. (laughs) 
And then it goes on to talk about like Tell attributes and what you look for. And, and I think, you know, yeah, people, people are, you know, are familiar with it. They know it. They, they've, they've been in situations where they're like, I'm, I'm with crazy and I'm crazy to be in it. Uh, Kyle, have you ever count, encountered crazy? Uh, not to this level. No, I have been on the outskirts of people like I, w- I would call like overreacting or really big swings as far as like happy, beautiful. Like this is the best relationship we've ever been into, like crying, sobbing on the phone. That's some of my friends relationships that I've been privy to uh, over the years. So I've definitely seen I've been like an observer of some of these, but never in the middle of it myself. Thank goodness, because I don't know what I would do. Has would there be anybody out there that would say, yeah, Kyle is crazy? I mean, I definitely think that there would be people that would label me as being eccentric or weird. That I think are two modifiers. I don't know. Crazy would be one of them. How about you, Jen? I'm sure people would ask you if you're crazy. Um, yeah, no, I I do think that my high school slash college boyfriend, you remember the guy I told you about that ghosted me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he might define me as being a little bit unglued. He was so unstable and manipulative with me that I think I had no choice but to try to just be crazy. And I think right. he would probably be sitting at home being like, yeah, she was nuts. But I will tell you, that I had really been lucky in life to avoid any crazy coming my way or any drama coming my way. But I will tell you that when I was newly single and I went on Tinder for the very first time, I matched with someone right away who, you know, by all intents and purposes seemed very nice. And then one night he said, like, can we meet up? And I said, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to keep my COVID bubble a little bit small um, because we were in an outbreak at that point. Um, But I'm sure we can meet up. And he was like, well, how small is your bubble? And I was like, well, I have my three girlfriends and we're isolating from everybody so that we can drink our feelings every Monday night. And and so I want to preserve that because I'm newly single and I'm, you know, I'm back in, in the city and I don't know a lot of people. And so I really want to preserve that. And he was like, well, I don't think that that follows the rules. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's following the rules. I think we're okay. And he just proceeded to be like, I can tell already that you're going to be a bitch. Whoa. And I was like, pardon me. And he's like, yeah, I can just tell already that you think you're above the rules and you think you're going to be a problem. And I can tell already that I'm the best thing that you will ever have. And if you treat me like shit, there's going to be fucking consequences. And I was like, uh, it's very odd for someone to reveal all of their red flags in such a cavalier fashion. And I just said, I think Thank I'm you, done gentlemen, here. Thank you, gentlemen, sir. I- <laughs> yeah, and I just said, I think I'm done here. And I almost caught myself being like, I'm a perfectly stand-up person. And yeah. so I That's just was want, like, actually. yeah. They I'm, want you to get dragged into they like, want an you, argument. Exactly. It's, what do they say? It's like fighting with a pig yeah, in don't, a... Don't fight with a pig in the mud because all that happens is that the pig is happy. <laughs> and you get dirty. Yeah. Um, and or so you could do I the just, other one. It's like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice don't get fooled again. But I just sort of just said, like, I'm done with you. And then he proceeded to text. I think I got like 200 more texts. It went on for days. You gave him and your real like, phone number? No, it was just through oh, Tinder. Just a, and I was just like, well, this is this is insane. And I was like getting ready to meet up with this person. I think that really scared me in terms of like my own personal safety. I was like, oh my God, is there just crazy out there? Uh, and I do know that I'm using dramatic and crazy interchangeably. And I, I look forward to your angry letters. You can send them directly to somebody date Jen and Kyle at gmail.com. That's Jen double N. 
I was going to say, you should say it's, that's Jen with one N. That's where I want those <laughs> yeah, emails this, this to go. This week it's Jen with one N. <laughs> Oops. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the fishbowl well, here. But before we go to the fishbowl, that does remind me very quickly of, an, of, of a story for myself. When I first started using Tinder in my late 20s, I matched with this girl who was like five, maybe six years younger than I was. Uh, regardless, she was early 20s. I was late 20s. We matched. I w- I sent her some messages and she would only send like one word responses, which was probably like oh. first red flag, which was like so hard to like have a conversation with someone when you're getting like nothing in return. And then finally, I was like, so like, what do you like to do? It's like, honestly, I just like to cruise around in people's cars. I'm like, do you do you want me to come and we can take a drive together? And she was like. Why would we do that? And I, I'm, I'm kind of offended he would even ask me that question. I'm like, what is what? happening? Uh, and I was like, swipe right or so swipe left now, I guess. Like, I don't know what to do. In, anyways, it yeah, was so done. weird. Why are we matching with each other if we don't want to ever talk to each other? It's so weird. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, I yeah, I just I feel like, you know, I was really surprised when we put out the question, like, have you encountered basically people who want to be dramatic for sport? And don't care about the carnage that you create. And I cannot believe how many people were like, let me fill up this fishbowl, fill up your inbox, tell us your story. Like clearly it's this, if this podcast was created to create a safe space and support, like a support group for people, we should have started with this topic, Kyle. (laughs) We should have started here and we should revisit it monthly as a way to like check in with people. Amazing that we have such a full fishbowl and yet still room for your keys. Thank you. Okay. Question one, every goddamn relationship I'm in is fueled by drama. How do I break the cycle? And maybe a better question, how do I see the massive red flag coming? uh, People are not going to like this answer probably from me. My personal feeling is that if every single relationship you are getting into is quote unquote fueled by drama, then maybe there's something that you're doing to fuel that drama that being said if you're continually getting into the same cycle as like yeah people are just seemingly wanting to have like outside disagreements or like i don't know like the things that you're getting embarrassed by like i I don't want to get sucked into this weird maelstrom of drama here again uh something we kind of mentioned last week is that idea of really verbalizing with the other person this is what i'm going to permit and this is what i'm not going to permit which is like Mm -hmm. if we're going to have a conversation or if we're going to have a disagreement this is how we need to have that constructively otherwise no because if you just allow them to freak out every single time they're just going to continue to do it i think what we also have to unpack on this question is there's actually two things the first is is like people forget that you beat someone and you go on dates you don't go on one date and you're in a relationship, right? There's a right. reason you go on dates. Like this is why people are like, oh, like you're you're in a relationship with with Jesus. And I'm always like, no, I'm going on dates. Like you've all, every week you guys have heard me say, mm-hmm. I, the man who, with whom I am going on dates with, I don't say dating. I just say I'm going on dates with because I'm trying to differentiate the part in the process where we are on dates and the parts mm-hmm. where we are in a relationship. The purpose of dating is to is is a social experiment by its by its trade. It's an opportunity for you to put yourself in a bunch of different situations, to put each other under stress, to cha- you know change your you know test your you know 
test who they are, test mm-hmm. who you are with them. Like it's like, that's your moment. I often just said like, if we were to watch The Bachelor and we they only had one episode and it was like put together an Ikea bookcase with this person, you know who you want to be with. You only need one episode. You don't need to travel the world and go on group dates. Just the person that you can put the Ikea dress or hang a TV, the person you can best hang a TV with without killing each other, that's your soulmate. Like that's what the purpose of dating is. It's, it's putting yourselves in a bunch of different social environments to test your compatibility and to test the behavior that you exhibit as you learn about each other and learn about each other's environments. And like, that's the part. And so sometimes I just feel like they're like, you know, come over to my house and hang out and we'll be boyfriend and girlfriend. And then you're like, how come I keep getting into these kind of relationships? I'm like, well, because that's what you're attracting toward you, right? That's what you're attracting Mm -hmm. toward you. You got to go on dates. You have to just be like, let's go bungee jumping. And then you'll learn who somebody is, right? Go have some adventure. Have one of you be the navigator and one of the other person the driver and see how, <laughs> see yeah, see how, how things goes, break man. down. That's right. Um, you know, be 20 minutes late for a family oh, event. I've been holding it upside down this entire time. Whoops-a-daisy. Exactly. <laughs> I never learned to read. Um, you know, be 20 minutes for an important family event and see who they are. Like, just, mm-hmm. you just, this is the, this is the point of dating, guys. It's, it's to learn about each other before you decide, okay, I want to be in a relationship with you. We conflate those two things. We're like, I've seen you two times. We're in a relationship. That's not true. That's not how it works. But how about if I've seen their, their, their penis? And then aren't we <laughs> yeah, that's, technically dating? That's, that's one of the, that's one of the parts. Reading this question out loud makes me think of my ex-husband's former roommate. And I remember he would really struggle to find the one. And I knew that his, his, his aspirational goal was to get married and have as like as many kids as he could. Like that was, that was the destiny. But the process of attracting a woman into that, into that, (laughs) into that space was always incredibly fascinating for me. Now, what you have to remember is that my ex-husband had friends that were very similar to, to, to him in terms of like values and who they were, but they all really married really um, traditional really subservient women. And then there was me and like, I was destined to just be, I felt like a vegetarian at a meatpacking convention every time we were together as a group. I was just so different. And I remember like them commenting, like she's so opinionated and she's so, and I'm like, what? Cause I'm speaking like it's, it just is just drive me crazy. Um, I was such a bad she's a fit woman there. That was, with opinions. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. What do you mean? She works five days a week. Anyway, whatever. And I remember this one roommate saying to, saying to, my 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 now ex-husband that at that point he was just my boyfriend don't know why i didn't see all those red flags he said like here's my pre-ex-husband yeah he's my pre-ex-husband my soon-to-be ex-husband he used to say like i have these expectations uh, how you know a partner will 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 be with me and i remember really pressing on that one day and being like well what do you mean and he's like well i just like she can't have a bunch of opinions (laughs) and i remember just being like uh Uh-oh. what but the reason i bring up that story is because you know he's saying like every relationship this this question is saying every relationship that i'm in is fueled by drama it's worth asking him how he defines drama because is drama defined as having something to say is drama defined as surfacing issues 
is drama defined as communicating too much is or is drama defined by the fact that she like tries to bite your penis and throw a guitar at you every time she's mad i think the scale of drama matters here because often women who are not seen as cooperative will be labeled as dramatic and i do think in 2022 men who are not seen as falling into the norms of what their partners mm-hmm. expect especially women um, and I'm appreciating that I'm only talking about heterosexual relationships. Maybe you can offer something different, Kyle. But we have a tendency to to label it as drama when they don't fall into the norm that we want them to fall into. So I think how he, this guy's defining drama, I, I kind of have a I kind of have my my backup about it. Mm-hmm. Well said. I think we can move on. Question number two: Why am I attracted to partners who love drama? Well, it's kind of the same well, question. Well, I mean, we all love drama. We go to the theater. We enjoy the dramatic productions. <laughs> no. that are going. Is that not what they mean? No, oh. no, 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 no. That's a different podcast in a different fishbowl. I'm going to just break tradition here just a little bit, Jen, and be like, I, I kind of get it to an extent. Again, it, yes, it depends on how we are defining what drama means. but But sometimes that could be attractive in the early days because it's like, we're going to go on a wild adventure right now and we're going to go and do this thing. And it seems like so spontaneous and dynamic. And then, you know, you spend a few weeks, months, years with that person. It's like, can we just, can we just settle down? Like we don't need to be going at Mach seven every single moment of the day. In the spirit of, of trying to say something meaningful here, I think there really is three reasons why why we might crave drama. And I think it really speaks to like really at the core of us wanting to feel value. I think that, that, that drama between a a couple, it automatically creates a power shift, Mm -hmm. right? It automatically creates a power shift because when we have, when we have conflict, we have the ability to resolve it by the other person winning the conflict. So it alters the power shift between two people. And for some people, that's that's needed or exciting for some people i find that they want the drama because they want the win right they 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 crave the competitiveness and listen i'm extraordinarily competitive i'm competitive i think i was raised to be very competitive with my brother for my mother's affection i was competitive in school because i wanted to be the best because i think people thought i was fundamentally broken i do it now with my employer i'm competitive i want to be the best in my field like i am inherently competitive and so I think drama in relationships can be fueled by, well, now I can win an argument. Now I can win something like now I can create a power shift Mm. where I have more power and control. I think the other piece is that it really does keep things interesting. I think we fear relationships that are boring. And I think sometimes when we feel like things are too complacent, we, you know, have a, have a tendency to, to, to chase the newness, right? Mm -hmm. We chase the Like in the beginning when things are really exciting, I know you hate the beginning of relationships, but you know, for the most of us, we, we, that there's that excitement. And when that excitement dissipates, sometimes I think we mistakenly replace it with drama, right? To keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other piece is that when we, when we fight with someone, we, there's a little bit of gamesmanship that goes on, right? Like you, you have drama and it's resolved through communication, which is resolved through listening, which is resolved through talking. And I think all of those things make us feel, desired and loved. And so I think those are really the root causes of why why we have drama in relationships. And let me just like tip the scales here with my opinion. That's totally a dysfunctional way to get all of those things. 
right? If you are desiring more affection and and love, the the way to get it is not to 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 say, well, I'm going to be so unhinged that that this person has to give it to me as a way to calm the seas down. I just always feel like, you know, we as people are thri- are thriving and striving to do so many things, right? We have per- we've never had more professional goals. We've never had more personal goals. A lot of people have a side hustle. You know, we're trying to be more community minded because our government sucks. You know, we're trying to do so many things and to create that natural inertia through being dramatic inside your relationship, it feels like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, gives you the illusion you're going back and forth, but you're not actually going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, I think that's my state of the union on why partners love drama. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, Kyle, I am going to let you talk in this fishbowl. I feel like I've owned (laughs) this whole fishbowl. Question number three, I will defer to you. Do people grow out of being dramatic? No. (laughs) Say more. I think people can choose to learn how to be less dramatic, but I do not think it's like an imaginary friend where it's like, oh, I've grown out of this phase where I've needed this uh, opportunity to have an imaginary friend. I think it is sometimes and often innate to the personality. And because people have let them and allowed them to get away with it for so long. So if they understand and are, more, and are self-aware enough to be like, this is causing issues in relationships I'm having. And if I want to have something uh, more real and long-term, then maybe I should work on being less like uh, over the top. Then yeah, I guess you could change. But no, I think it's, I think it's intrinsically there as part of the personality. And that can come out in both positive and negative ways. So follow-up question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, Oprah Winfrey would tell you that when you know better, you do better. Right. Do you think that changing, changing a partner and changing your environment, you don't think people can grow out of it? Well, again, I think you're, I think that's uh, fulfilling my point is that I think you can choose to change your behaviors, but it's not something that you just like, oh, well now I am, I'm, I'm, I've, I've gone past this. I have just grown out of this without putting any effort into it myself. I think it's something that you're consciously choosing to change yeah i i like the idea that you have to you have to want it right Mm -hmm. all good things begin with the self-awareness to change it on the flip side to a partner that you know struggles with with coming out of a relationship where there's a lot of high octane Mm -hmm. unproductive drama for for all intents and purposes you know like look at look at this situation i'm in with jesus like now all of that trauma is carried with him Right. It's a mental model inside of his mind that that any type of octane from me is naturally the worst possible thing that could happen to him. Can he be reformed? Or am I just simply going to sit and live in the carnage of his previous relationship? You, It's unfortunate for both of you because, yes, you both have to deal with the trauma that he has had to endure from his past. I do think that is something that he can grow to become better at communicating with. But the hardship is like, yeah, when you have been in a long-term relationship or if the only way you have been taught or the only way you have been shown to deal with conflict is to either shut down or to be uh, completely overdramatic about things, then yeah, if you are now coming into this relationship with a new person, they're like, ah, uh, that is not how I prefer 
this interaction happening. It's something that you both kind of have to work at and, you know, grow together. All right. This next question, if you don't love it, I don't know you at all. Okay. It reads as follows. When I fight with my boyfriend, he just says, what, are you on your period or something? And honestly, it makes me want to kill him. So I get mad and then I'm called a drama queen. How do I stop this from happening without committing homicide? <laughs> Let's just talk about lived experience because last <sighs> I checked, you don't have a period. I might be wrong, but I, don't. I will just, I will just tell you, Kyle, that this has happened to me. This has happened to me. I've wow. been upset about something and I've been trying as hard as I can to make an argument to be heard. And I've had a partner say to me, oh, must be that time of the month. Oh, that, that must be so frustrating. <laughs> I'd be so livid. It's enraging. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. enraging. And then, and then you want to lash out, which proves their point, right? Which, which just proves that their point. I don't understand like why there isn't a special kind of jail for men that say this or women or anybody who says this. Mm -hmm. Kyle, would you ever say this to a woman? This is so abstract. Literally not. There's, I can't think of any reality where this would be something that would come out of my mouth. Well, you heard it here first here, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to never deal with this in your life, somebody date, date me. Kyle. Again, if, the, if your intentions with conflict are to be productive, like mm -hmm. if you're being productive, this is so disheartening. But if you are someone who is being unproductive. No, no court in the world will convict you if you push him off a cliff. That oh, is, so you know what? Science. A court actually will, oh, okay. from a legal perspective, we're getting a legal note here. A court oh. will convict you. A court will convict you. Yeah. Oh, let me, sorry. I just are... got a, a letter was just uh, passed over here by our, by our interns. And it says that uh, we are not legal experts. So don't listen to us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You will be found guilty uh, by a court of your peers and a, and a federally appointed judge. You will go to jail. Here's the thing. Let, if, if there's fellow men listening to this and you're straight or someone who dates women, can we stop doing this? I need to tell my fellow men to stop doing this. Stop being fucking jerks. Not everything is reduced to a female's period. There could be something that you're doing that is stupid. So maybe do some self-reflection first. I just don't think that there's any difference between saying this and saying shut up. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So to this person who submitted this question, I just want to hear you say, I just want to have you hear me say as clearly as possible that when you are trying to communicate, you are with a person who is like what you say has no value to me. And just ask yourself if you would like to maintain in a relationship with that. Yeah, it's total dismissal. I think you know the answer. That being said, if you scream every day, he's probably looking for some reason to get you to be quiet and i don't know why he would pick this because i'm guessing you don't hear that and go okay you're right that's probably enough for today because i'm telling you and we talked about this in the last episode my elevator goes right up to 40 if somebody says this to me and somebody has said this to me and yes the rage is white hot and blind are they you still know, alive? say this at your own peril <laughs> yes <laughs> yes because i'm a law-abiding citizen but it was pretty dicey there it was pretty dicey i just i think it is the, one of the most ignorant things that it's you just like say. your search history is just like can this poison be detected in the human blood system <laughs> okay so i'm also taking the burning question this week because i i i, I want you to answer it first so i'll, I'll sure. present it here so there's uh, a website called agilelealife.com and they have great relationship articles 
I don't know who writes them because it's all ghost written. It could be some person somewhere. It's probably some AI at this point. At this point, it's a robot. Uh, a Russian hacker wrote this article and this is what it says. Birds of a feather flock together. People who like drama attract others who like drama. So if somebody doesn't like drama, they cut out the people that don't like drama out of their lives. Ambitious people attract ambitious people. People who like to whine and complain will attract people who like to do the same, whine and complain, right? Misery loves company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kyle, I've been thinking about this a lot since I read this article. Do you think that this is true, that people who like drama attract people who like drama? This is hard for me to answer because I think part of this paragraph I do agree with. The cliche of birds of a feather flock together, I think is generally true. But in my experience, I I have to say no. I don't think people who like drama attract people who like drama because they don't want someone on their same level. They, they want to be the center of attention. That's that's kind of their whole deal. Yeah, I think it's totally bullshit. I think it's mm. totally bullshit. And maybe it's just because I have Jesus in my mind. You know, I'm going to start singing Jesus Christ Superstar if you keep like feeding me lines from that <laughs> so, show, right? Sorry. It's just in my mind because I'm I'm going on dates with a person who I can absolutely tell is emotionally hurt mm -hmm. by being in a relationship with a person who by all intensive purposes from from the from the from what I've observed and, and and from the stories that he shared with me and from the behavior he exhibits when we have conflict or when I have high octane feelings, mm -hmm. it's trauma. He's healing from this. Why would, I don't think you willingly get into something that causes you trauma. Now we all get into difficult relationships and sometimes we're the perpetuators of difficult relationships, but I don't think that people willingly attract that. And I, I do like what you said, Kyle, about the idea of hierarchy is that all you would have if you had two people who love drama, they just feed off one another. I do think that sometimes you get couples together who have these same tendencies, but two people having the same tendencies and getting into a relationship together feels far and away different than attracting in the energy of being like, I'm dramatic. I want someone who's going to be just as dramatic as I am. I guess it just from this I know is completely anecdotal and this is maybe partly why our advice is unqualified. That's why our advice is unqualified. <laughs> from my experience, people who I would label as overly dramatic people usually have overly dramatic friends, but their relationships are not the same way. It is usually them who's yeah, overly dramatic and a, and a partner who is not. Yeah, but we have a tendency in our friend group to attract people that are very, very similar to us. Right, right. We see quite often in relationships how much opposites will attract. That's right. We, Jen, are basically the same person, is what we're trying to say. Obviously, we're trying to say that's why we give unqualified advice together and we never fight. That's right. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. You shut up. And that brings us to the end of the episode. It doesn't bring us to the end of our ask of you. Correct. So if you want to submit questions into the fishbowl or ask us a huge question that's on the top of your mind, you can do that by going to our website, which is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. You can also follow us over on our social media. We are at somebodydate on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And yes, that is my smiling face you'll see on our TikTok page. As I continue to pronounce, I am essentially TikTok famous now. <laughs> oh my God. 
Kyle, you need to go on more dates. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is becoming an intervention. You can't just make TikToks for this podcast. You have to go on dates. If you go on a date with me, you will be a part of the TikTok. I think that's a good selling point going forward. Kyle, you don't need to incentivize people to be with you. You're very dateable. Come on, guys and girls. I will do anything once. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Famous last words. Yeah. Famous last words. All right. It's Friday night. You guys, thanks for listening. Now get out there. Go. Stay safe. And I guess stay sane as well. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.